0: Now, welcome back to uh, Tip today, Fran. Wouldn't you think some of Tipperary's TDs would be ringing in saying they're going to do something about all of this? They're all, and it uses a certain word. And this person goes on to say, "Pardon my language, Fran. You're well pardoned, indeed." Carmel, thank you for that. Um, it's a lovely message. I completely agree with you, by the way, Carmel. But if you don't mind, I won't, uh, I won't read it out because already I'm getting complaints this morning that I'm seen to be. Um, um, uh, advocating a certain politician above others and stuff, so that would get me into complete trouble. But I do go along with you, Carmel, and uh, thank you very much indeed for that. 1800 938 007. Uh, 007 Fran, I'm astonished that you're astonished at what people go through with social welfare. Irish people don't know what they're entitled to and how things work. If you're out sick this year for a length of time and return to work and out sick in two years' time, they take what you got from social welfare as your income and you get less. And people don't know this. TDs can't do anything for you, says one of uh, our listeners. Yeah, it's interesting. And, and you're right, I'm, I probably shouldn't be astonished at the plight that some people find themselves uh, in, but would you not agree that it probably you don't realise until you're in the middle of a situation like Chloe or indeed what happened to Bonnie, you don't realise really, I suppose, what's uh, going on. Um, I think Philly had no business whatsoever interfering with that lady and that's going back to our burka uh, story as well um, where Philly confronted the couple. Uh, the lady were in the burka and uh, indeed her husband as well in a, I think it was a shopping centre in... Um, in Kilkenny, if uh, memory serves me uh, correct as well. One of our listeners on to say, Fran, every rural town is closing down with rates. Uh, no pubs, butcher shops, uh, guardies, stations, uh, creameries, army, barracks, all closed under the fall and the governments. They gave $2 billion to house Ukrainian refugees. It's a great show, Fran, and great uh, topics as well. Um, okay, and Patrick on as well, to Sam, which he agrees, with uh, John Mack, who certainly um, has people talking this morning with his contribution to uh, the show as well. Um, Alan was on to say, ban the burka in Ireland. You need to take a motorbike helmet off if you enter a bank. It could be a security risk, says one of uh, our listeners. And again, we wonder, how do you feel about that? one 938 7 the text and WhatsApp is three three double one double three double one. Fran, your comment about the the dreaded welfare officer in Cashel has brought back some very unhappy memories of the 1950s. Practically all the young people on the council estate where I lived had to go to England because there were absolutely nothing here for them. And I don't care what the financial nationalists say, only for England, an awful lot of people in this country would have starved with the hunger. And even further back, uh, my grandparents, along with their two young children, had to go to England in 1939, just as the Second World War was starting. Why? According to my father, because they were starving with the hunger. Isn't that uh, amazing? A lot of memories coming back to a lot of people uh, today. Yeah, I'm particularly angry at what some of the poor people in Cashel had to put up with. Uh, back in the day as I say they had to park their dignity in their pockets and go and beg indeed to to certain individuals along the way who seem to have had a lot of power at the time as well and Barbara was on to say uh, Fran it's like the film Men Don't Tell I know what it's like to be uh, controlled, there should be shelter for men not just for women, men do suffer too and I feel for that poor elderly man and that's making reference to uh, the story there from Derek about how they supply advice uh, to uh, men and it seems to be me largely men over 60s now who are calling them and telling them about um, yes. domestic abuse, coercive uh, control and uh, indeed violence in some cases as well. And again I wonder what do you think about that 1800 938 007. Now our GP Dr Pat Harrell joins me. Good morning to you Pat
1: morning, friend. Well, it isn't a good morning at all. The rain's hopping off the car here. It's I it's hope it doesn't upset your musicians here too much.
0: Not, not a bit of it. It'll just add atmosphere, Pat. That's what yeah. it is. Uh, we were talking to a young lady yesterday, Pat, about stroke. Uh, she was only uh, 25 in her second pregnancy. She got a uh, stroke. Very debilitating for her indeed.
1: Oh, God, it's a terrible thing. It happened at 25. Unfortunately, you know, something like one in five people get strokes or TIAs, but it's usually a much older age group. And um, somebody that age, well, it can happen, yeah. There's a thing called cryptogenic stroke, which means they don't know what caused it. No, it's very, very rare. Um, the two things, in, and I, I didn't hear her, and I don't know her, and um, I, I wish her the best, but the two things that struck me was, um, one is, you know, in pregnancy, the, the blood pressure can rise alarmingly in some people. It's called attempts, Yeah, And the other thing is, you, you, we might have noticed that the, um, they brought in legislation to give um, free contraceptive services yes. to um, people. And, and an awful lot of people are on the pill. And um, you just have to keep an eye on the blood pressure. You know, that's just something. In a very small amount of people, when they start in the oral contraceptive pill, their blood pressure goes up. Yeah. So, and we found not just people on the pill um, with COVID in the last couple of years and also people that have fallen by the wayside and they're still in their medication but they're just not doing the homework, you know they're not checking in and getting the weight check and the pill and it's not rocket science and this kind of thing but I'd hope this would encourage people to come more forward but you see it's, it's an insult to the brain, a stroke is that the, the, the old-fashioned expression um, the blood supply is cut off to a bit of your brain and um, it's it's a complete emergency and the reason it's an emergency is um there's A very small window when you can do something about it. Mm. Uh, the thing is called fast. You know, the yes. face is face drooping. Can you lift your arms if the speech slurred or incoherent or anything like that? And the T is time. And if you're to get these, um, they're, they're kind of clot busting drugs, out the place I think is one of them, or there can be a kind of a radiology intervention where they shout that, and it can absolutely resolve all the symptoms. But you know, you have 4.5 hours to get the clot busting drug into you, and you have 24 hours for the other thing if you're suitable. Yeah, so
0: Time you know, is of funny, the essence, yeah.
1: It's a funny thing that people who get a stroke actually feel sleepy and they just want to go to sleep and they often say, i would be grand, i would be grand, i would yeah. be grand to go and leave me alone. Don't listen, you know, and call the emergency services immediately because then, you know, it, it, you might be tempted to hit the road and get in the car, but actually, um, there are things called stroke labs in the, in the big hospitals and they'll be catered for it and waiting for you and ready to go. Ideally, now we can't always say it, but, um, you know, they resolve. It's called a transient ischemic attack. It's a TIA. It resolves in a few minutes, in, in an hour or two. But you know that's the danger sign. The next one mightn't resolve at all. So tomorrow the, 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 the story is stepping.
0: Can I talk to you about something else, Pat, as well? But I know you want to speak to us about viruses today, and I'd love to do that too. But um, a uh, little we can later. A little later on in the programme, we'll be speaking to uh, a lady who was part of the Primetime programme last night that focused on codeine addiction, and it was an eye-opener of a programme, I have to say, Pat. Are you concerned about that, that over-the-counter we can buy codeine-based products?
1: I am, and I, and I often have been. You see, codeine things—they're um, they're like a small version of heroin, really. They're not. They're come from the poppy, the opium poppy, and they're a painkiller. And they also have an effect in the brain that can sort of make you make you happy really actually make some people happy the only yeah. time I ever took them for a bad back I felt as sick as a dog like nausea is part of it and um, they're, they're kind of designed for that if you hit your thumb with a hammer or something and you take a couple of these things they're, they're okay but they're not for long term use mm. and they make you constipated and they give you a headache that's that's, that's thing um, you have to realize, if you're taking all these codeine products day in, day out, they build up, they give you a cracking headache. If you stop taking them, you get a worse headache. And the thing about these tablets is it's not only the codeine products that's in it, it's the things that are with it as well. You might have something like neurofen. And if you're taking, if you're overdoing it, because anybody who gets addicted to something, no. you don't get the same bang for your buck. If what the effect wears off, all you then feel is the withdrawal because you're not getting it. You're not getting the pain relief thing. So they open up, but now I've known people have taken thirty um of these tablets a day and your kidneys and your liver just can't handle that. The codeine you get a tolerance to but the other things you just don't. You can blow home in your stomach. Mm. You can stop your kidneys. And especially um anyone over seventy should think long and hard before they take any of the um ibuprofens or any of that kind of because they 'Cause they're they're not um they can be very damaging to your health. So it is a problem. I believe a lot of the, the pharmacists got caught out, but it's 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 something I have regular, um, you know, rows, I suppose, with people about, you can't know, yeah. beat these things day and night, and we always try to keep use of them as short-term
0: as possible. Right. And do you think, like other countries, Pat, that there should be legislation in place that maybe you should need a prescription before you can buy codeine-based pro- products?
1: actually welcome it because they are dangerous. I think if they came in the market now they'd be far more regulated. You don't know more than cigarettes or something came in the market now they wouldn't be legal. You know so I mean um, it, it you see these legislation things work then you know the, the legislation you can't buy um, paracetamol mm. in, in a shop actually does have an effect on suicide mm. and suicidality it, it sounds crazy but on a population basis it does. So um, I've often heard people giving out to tune to go. but some people will abuse it and they go from shop to shop and they'll buy a packet and pack it. And um, like any addiction, you know, they're kind of deluded. They can't see it themselves. And what people say to me is, and I always think it's dangerous, it's the only thing that works. And you think if you were genuinely interested in getting your your pain relieved, you wouldn't, you'd, you'd be very keen on trying new things mm. and different things mm. and different techniques, which just means that the
0: tablet has got a hold of you. Yeah, and as I say, we'll be speaking to to a lady who was a victim of that in in, in just a while as well. Um, will you talk to me a bit about the viruses, Pat? Because like Pat Short, I got a bit of a bad knockout uh, last week myself with a virus that hit me like like a ton of bricks. You know, there's a lot of strange stuff going out there. Ah,
1: you got you got a knock as <laughs> sure people
0: thinking,
1: tell me. Is, is, it, is it above the neck or below the neck, you know, it's below the neck when you start coughing up things and going yeah, was and that. And that, it was that
0: stuff. Horrible stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah.
1: But you know, to make yourself winter proof, you know, um, there's there's a few things you could do. Now one of the things, man, is you know, we always going on. I was talking to my pal Jim Miloch, and we were watching kids go by, going to school, they're all drenched, they were saturated, they had no coats on and mm. they're going into the sit all day in those. But there's no the evidence is very good there that what happened is the blood vessels in your nose constrict, and um, you're more likely to catch cold. Mm. So, you know the Scandinavians are the Scandinavians are great at this. You know their houses are properly insulated for starters. They don't have open fires. They're not breathing in all that muck and dirt and coal and and uh, stuff because they just don't let it into the place. Um, they but they do actually believe, it, and they also and um, you should always try and eat. Um, you know, if everybody planted winter salads, because the things you need this time of year are vitamin C, vitamin E, and zinc, and things in onions and garlic. There's about 200 different things in garlic. So, um, and they're all great for your immune yeah. system. Um, you know, that that's, and, and um, herbal teas are great for Yeah. I know you're oh. not a great fan, but, you know, the peppermint tea drinking these away and um, there's a lot of things that can go wrong in the winter if we've time to talk about them. One is the seasonal affective disorder, 7% of people are going to get that and just before I came on I was looking at the price of the the sad lamps. Yes. You know, they're the the daylight lamps Mm -hmm. and they've come down since we were last talking about this big time. So, um, the thing is to get plenty of daylight. You know, if if you've got a lunchtime, don't sit in front of the screen eating sandwiches. Go out and get, you know, like the sun is shining a bit now. If if you were, if you could avail of it, put on your hat and coat and go out and get that. That's the kind of thing you need daylight, not artificial light, to keep the mood away. Because seven percent suffer from seasonal affective disorder, but ten to twenty percent of people will feel more down in the winter. Mm. So you need the exercise and you need the. um You know, the the fresh food that comes from, um, not traveling from South Africa or somewhere in a packet, that comes from a farmer's market or something, things like sweet potatoes, garlic, onions, all that kind of stuff to keep you happy. And you know, it's funny enough, Brendan, nature's great. Nuts are full of zinc, fruit, anything topical this time of the year, sort of local pears and apples and things. They're great for your health and they're just exactly what you need in winter.
0: Practical stuff, Pat.
1: Oh, it's stuff your mother told you. You know the heart keys to, use. and exercise. Um, if you exercise for thirty to sixty minutes every day, a lot of people just sort of slump for the winter, and they they feel like eating lots of sugar. And the two of those aren't good for you. And if you exercise, you sleep be better. You should be able to get your eight hours a night, um, and that refreshes the brain and washes it and gets it ready for the things that are coming on. And decide it's winter time. I'm going to reduce stress.
0: It's great, it. great advice as always, Pat. You look after yourself. And thank okay, you for your time, you look this morning,
1: yourself too, Fran. If you need any more. <laughs> Thanks, okay, Pat. You thank care. you. Bye bye you now.
0: Bye bye. That's uh, the great uh, Pat Harold there, live from Nina this morning. News and information is coming up.